Happy Monday. It's eight minutes after the hour. Dr. Linda Mintel is the host of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show on weekends here on Faith Radio. And she recently uh, just uh, was at graduation at Liberty U. You had kind of an interesting keynote speaker, didn't you, Linda? We did. We did. It was quite the day. I think I met my colleagues at 5.15 in the morning <laughs> to make sure that we would get there in time for security. So it was quite a long day. I had a daughter who graduated with her master's, but that didn't end until 6.30 at night. So oh, it was what quite a, the day. <laughs> what an exciting day, though. You know, yeah, as- it was actually... Good. It was really great. We thought we were going to get stormed out, and we didn't. The weather held off, and I actually watched uh, Air Force One go over my head when I was walking to my car. So a lot of a lot of fun things happening. So kids are graduating, and they're looking to the future. And I hope I hope that they have developed strong, healthy habits. They've learned to manage their emotions and their thoughts and their behaviors. Can we talk about some things that mentally strong people don't do? Yeah, there was a great blog on this by a lady named uh, Amy Morin uh, who wrote uh, about that. She had 13 things that mentally strong people don't do, and I think they're they're really good for us to think about in terms of what does take us down a negative path in our thinking. And one of the first things that she says is mentally strong people don't feel sorry for themselves. They don't they don't think about the past. They don't waste time and on energy on things that they can't control. Um, and things that maybe they've done wrong. And one of the things that, um, you know, is said always at a graduation is don't be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to make mistakes and don't be afraid to look at those mistakes and learn from those mistakes. Um, and that's really important when you're going forward in life because you are not going to do everything correct. You're going to have to take a few risks here and there and try things. And when you do try something, if you just think, oh, this was terrible, this was wrong, and you do what psychologists like to say, ruminate on mm-hmm. your mistakes, you get to a, a mentally negative place, and it, it, isn't, it isn't good for pushing you forward. Okay, what about uh, another thing that um, mentally strong people don't do is they don't give away their power, and by power that means we're not going to let somebody dictate how we feel. Okay, my boss made me feel bad, and I'm going to stay in that zone of feeling bad. Boy, this is just such an important one, Bill, because I say this, I have said this to my children probably every year of their life, from the time that they were in grade school to the brutal years of middle school where they're getting teased and, you know, people are bullying each other and there's a lot of difficulty during that time, high school. I always said to them, look, no one has the power to define you but God. Mm -hmm. He's the only one who really can say who you are. And if you read the scripture, and we spent lots of time in our family life going through what does God say about who we are? And we go through those scriptures of how he thinks about us, how he cares for us, how he unconditionally loves us. And then I would always tell them, don't give other people the power to decide who you are. And no matter what other people do to you, the only thing you have control over is the way you react to those people. And so you don't, you may not be able to control people from saying bad things, from doing bad things, from hurting you in some way, but you do have the power to react in a way that honors God and imitates the life of Christ. And that's the part we do control. Yeah. Now, Linda, mentally strong people don't try to avoid change, do they? They don't. And this is a hard one for a lot of people because we like our comfort zones. Yes, we do. (laughs) 
Yeah, we like to be. My parents grew up in the same house. I lived. They lived in the same house for 67 years. Wow. And it was really interesting, Bill, when I went to um, disconnect my parents' phone number because my mom died a few years ago, and we moved my dad into one of those independent living places because the house just got to be too much for him to take care of. Um, it was funny. I called the phone company, and I, I was going to disconnect their number. And the woman on the other end goes, I, have, I don't know if I've ever seen this. But you have the same. Your parents have had the same phone number for almost seventy years. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that was a record. Uh-huh. So I grew up with not much change. Oh in my yeah, life. I can see that. All right, how about? Yeah, and then I married a I, I married a missionary kid though. Let me tell you this: whose change was part of their everyday life, and yeah. they moved every couple of years and did all kinds of stuff. And one of the great things about that is, change is not a bad thing. And if we can embrace it and we can say, okay, what am I going to learn from this? What's going to happen with this? If we can learn to take some risks and just embrace change for the good that's going to come out of it, and even sometimes what is God going to teach us during that time, mm-hmm. that can be a really great thing mentally for a person. Yeah. Is it have to do with managing anxiety when the whole idea of change comes up? Because change, like you just said, can be really good and God's trying to teach us something. Yet somehow we all kind of panic when it comes to change. Yeah, we like the familiar. Oh, I think yeah. that's the big the big thing. We just like what's familiar, even in relationships sometimes that are dysfunctional. It's not that we like that dysfunction, but there is something familiar about that dysfunction that allows us sometimes to continue in it without making that change. Because when we make a change, we're not really sure what is going to happen on the other end. And that's that whole business of feeling like you're losing control over what might happen. And you're moving into the unknown. And, you know, unless we're Captain Kirk, and we're you know boldly going where no man has gone before. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't embrace that. Most of us are kind of uh, you know what's going to be there on the other end, and I'm not so sure I want to go there. Yeah. But again, if you prayed and you know that something is of the Lord, and you know that you need to take a step forward with something new, then you know just pray about that and ask God to give you the grace to move forward. And again, if your mind is stayed on the Lord, He's going to keep you in perfect peace, and He's going to help you make those. Changes changes and deal with them in an appropriate way. Okay, Linda, something else mentally people, mentally strong people don't do is they they don't waste energy on things they can't control, like a lost luggage or a traffic jam or something like that. They just stay calm in those moments. Yeah, and that really is has a lot to do with, I think, emotional intelligence, and that is a, a whole topic in and of itself, but that's really when you're quite aware of your emotions and you don't let your emotions control you. You have some control over your emotions. So again, it's that whole idea of, you know, things maybe aren't going to go the way I want them to, but if I can just roll with those those things that happen in my life and not get so upset with the guy who just cut me off on the highway, then maybe I'll be able to stay calmer, to have a little bit more peace in my life and not be so stressed. Mm-hmm. So I think it's getting at that whole idea of just letting letting life kind of progress and don't waste all this energy in the what ifs, because the what ifs are the anxiety producers in our life. Mm-hmm. Linda, I want to, uh, after the break, touch base with a couple of more of these uh, ideas, and then I want to get to the blog you wrote this morning. So we'll take a short break and be back more with Dr. Linda Mintel in just a minute.
18 minutes after the hour, you've heard of must-see TV. This is must-hear radio. And if you want to experience this in 3D, now would be the time to put on your 3D glasses. I'm talking to Dr. Linda Mintel. We're talking about what healthy people don't do. And I want to touch base just on one or two more here, Linda, before we move on. But uh, mentally strong people don't resent other people's success. Boy, that's a tough one in our culture, isn't oh, it? Oh, is it ever? <laughs> We're always comparing ourselves. Yeah. Especially on uh, social media, anti-social media, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and you look at, you know, all these shows on television that talk about having a bigger house and, you know, having this and having that and, you know, all the materialism that we all face. And, and yet with that, we tie that to success and we don't always think about success the way God defines success, which might be having a strong family, which might be you know, putting into your children eternal values, which might be being kind to the person who is on the corner who doesn't have any food that day or doesn't have a place place to go. Mm-hmm. Those are measures of success that we don't seem to envy with people. We tend to go into the materialism that people have. And uh, James is really clear, as, as so many other books of the Bible are, about not envying and not coveting what other people have. In fact, it was one of the original commandments. So we have to be very careful of that. And we know from a mental health standpoint that if you don't envy other people's success and you have a peace about what God is doing in your own life and you learn to be content, as Paul told us to be, in all things, that that's a much better place in life to be. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing mentally strong people don't do is they don't dwell on the past. That's a toughie, too. It is, because a lot of times our past does influence us, and it, it is part of the way we respond in the present, but it doesn't have to be prescriptive. And so part of the, the work that I do with people is we look at the past in terms of what can we learn from it? What are the patterns of behavior that we've brought in maybe from our original families or from the way that we've been working with people? And what do we need to change about that? But to go back and to just dwell on things, mistakes you've made, um, um, you know, bad decisions you've made, uh, p- the way people have hurt you, the terrible things that maybe have happened to you, you need to work through those things and resolve them. And you need to forgive people because we know that if you don't forgive, then what's going to happen is you're going to develop a root of bitterness, which is going to affect you not only in your mental health, but in your physical body and in your spiritual health. So mentally strong people do not dwell on the past. They look at that, they learn from it, they move forward, and they they appropriate God's forgiveness and his grace in their lives, and they give that grace to other people as well. You know, when we talk about mentally strong people, Linda, I always want to start with the premise that we're mentally strong because we're equipped in Christ, and that's what gives us the opportunity and the chance to be mentally strong, and these are some of the effects of having mental strength. Uh, But it also says mentally strong people don't feel like the world owes them anything. Yeah, so that, which is, again, kind of an interesting uh, concept in a culture where we're told on a daily basis what we deserve, that we deserve this, we're entitled to mm. this. We've, we, we've, you and I have had conversations about entitlement and narcissism in our culture because of the way we feel we deserve to have everything that we want and we have it, we want it immediately. Yeah. So, uh, again, we don't, if we look at the scriptural basis for that, we don't deserve anything. And it's by, you know, God giving us his son, Jesus, and Jesus going on the cross for us that we are even given anything, including eternal life, because of him. So if we keep the right perspective and we understand that we don't deserve a thing, but yet God has richly blessed us and given us 
every good gift, Scripture says, every good gift comes from the Father above, then we stay in a humble position and we, we don't go into that negative thinking about deserving and being entitled. Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, want to wrap this up, uh, and I want to get to your blog, but mentally strong people don't expect immediate results. I think that's kind of a big one because we live in instant gratification society and we want what we want when we want it, and we want lots of it, and we want it now. And technology doesn't help us with that, does it? No, it really doesn't. <laughs> because we're just, we're able to get things at the click of a, of a button. You know, I train medical students, and I'm I'm just thinking of the difference of when, you know, medical students in the 80s would have to go to a library and look something up. And, you know, even the, the really old days where we had microfish. Now I'm going to really date myself with mm-hmm. that at libraries. But now, you know, you can be in the middle of a consult, and you can click on your up-to-date. You can get an answer to anything. Right. Immediately, And so we're so used to having that immediate gratification, which is actually changing the brain, Bill, and that is it's not changing it in good ways, this constant um, logging on and being wired to everything that we can get instantly. And again, you know, we think about these old adages of good things come to those who wait and, and you know, to have patience, which is one of the, the fruit of the spirit, to, to be long-suffering and to be patient. This is what builds our character. This is what brings us to a point in life where we can endure difficulty in the future. So mentally strong people don't expect immediate results. They know that they have to work and they have to wait for things. And especially from a faith perspective, we have to wait in the timing of God's timing, knowing that his timing is always best. And most of the time in my life, that has not been an immediate answer to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Linda, I want to kind of wrap up our time talking about these fidget spinners. There are they're the big talk. They're all over right now, and it's it's on the top of uh, many parents' minds because they say that there's some scientific um, advantage to using them because it can help uh, calm down kids that have ADHD and and make them less distracted. To me, it doesn't seem like it's uh, less of a distraction. It seems like more of a distraction. Your thoughts? <laughs> It Well, it does, and, and in talking to teachers, it's really funny because they, they make this low kind of worrying sound, and you get a whole bunch of them going in a classroom, <laughs> and it is distracting. Plus, it's just distracting to have anything that's kind of like a toy in oh. a classroom that kids are fidgeting with. I mean – I mean, let's just be real. We're already dealing with high distractions anyway with all the things that kids can bring into a classroom. And then to add something like this just seems like kind of a no-brainer of this is probably not a good idea. But I did look at the science, Bill, and that's the important part. And and I looked at places like Duke University, and there's a leading autism expert at Mount Sinai Health System in New York City. And there really, at this point, is no evidence that using these little gadgets calms down a child. And in fact... When you think about something like ADHD, that fidgeting that ADHD kids do, and anybody who has a child with ADHD or seen a kid in a classroom or anywhere knows that they're restless, they're moving. But part of that movement, that physical movement, we think is doing something um, to the brain in a good way and helping them with um, their, their focusing tasks. And when you outsource that into some little gadget that you're just touching and it's not your body movement, it's not the same thing as, as a coping mechanism of helping a kid uh, calm down. So I don't think at this point from everything I looked at, there isn't any evidence that these things are really going to help. Now, I know that parents who have kids with ADHD are always looking for something to help them. And so there's a lot of anecdotal stories online about this helped my child. But we got to look at the evidence. Uh, you know, I'm a scientist. I try to look at what the evidence says. And right now I would say it's it's a fun toy, 
<laughs> but mm-hmm. the better thing is to get your kid out there and get them active and get them running and playing. You know, if you want to do something in schools to really help kids bring recess back, that oh, would be the best help of all. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Bring King of the Hill back at recess. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. then, and then what about when kids work their grandparents going, hey, uh, Grandma, Grandpa, get me one of these fidget spinners. And all of a sudden the parents <laughs> are going, no, it's not a good idea. And so it is important to, to get an understanding that this is not scientific and it might be a fun toy, but it might not be helping your, your grandson or granddaughter or child that has uh, ADHD. Yeah, and in fact, we have some cautions that we have to look at in terms of what it may do to the brain in some kids. So we have to be really careful to put those kinds of um, expectations on a product that really hasn't been tested or developed from that point of view. Um, And again, I just caution people, you know, it's probably a toy, a fad toy. It's probably going to come and go. Interesting, when I looked at the the background of this, it's been around for a long time. Nobody has picked it up as a a fun little device until now. So um, if it was that great... And that important, I'm kind of thinking that somebody would have discovered it a long time ago yeah. as an intervention or help for uh, mental issues. Some smart marketer. Thanks, Linda. All right. Have great great to talk to you. Yep. yep. All okay. right. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks. We're going to take a short break. Here's some news, and then we're going to have Dr. Richard Land weigh in in just a minute. Be back in a couple of minutes.